What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast, season preview edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. Season's right around the corner. Um, yeah, how, how excited are you? Season starts one Tuesday. This podcast is getting released Saturday, recording Friday. So with a couple, I think one more or two more days of preseason or I think as you guys listen to this, it'll probably be the last night of preseason. Uh, pretty exciting stuff, no? Yeah, very exciting. Uh, like you said, it's a very quick turnaround uh, as we can kind of allude to that just because it's been so so quick with everything from the draft to free agency. And it's just been a, a, a real whirlwind. But, you know, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. I wasn't on uh for the last pod had some stuff to do. So uh, this is an episode that I think uh, we definitely uh, need to have uh, before the season starts. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Starts Tuesday. So let's get it. Yeah. You mentioned podcasts we need to have. Uh, we're going to be, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, I think you saw, I kind of gave a preview of what we're going to be talking about. Um, so make sure to go follow us there at underscore run the league underscore. But kind of going to do a power rankings, just rankings in general. I don't know if we can call them power rankings. Uh, Jake and I put together our own list of ranking the teams one to 30 or we'll go backwards from starting at 30 to one. And then we kind of combined the two um, and made a list, no matter if it's right, wrong or indifferent, you guys will disagree or we disagree on some of the stuff uh, uh, between the two of us. Um, We'll do rookie of the year, MVP, all of that. We'll we'll uh, decide, or we'll make our predictions, and then we'll do finals predictions as well. Uh, with this is our last episode of the off season, I guess, or right before the regular season starts, um, coming in, as we both said uh, Tuesday. Um, so let's jump right into it. Like I uh, like I just mentioned, Jake and I both did a ranking of every single team. Um, our sponsor today is Hardwood Amino. Hardwood Amino is a place for everything basketball. Join in on fun quizzes, quality blogs, polls, and more made by our very own users. You'll be met with a host of different uh, chat rooms for hot takes, debates, where you can talk about anything basketball related. If you're an avid basketball fan, Hardwood Amino is your one-stop shop. There's even breaking news and daily questions. If you're interested in joining a growing community, basketball community, make sure to download Hardwood Amino in your app store or play store today. Thank you to Hardwood Amino for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the episode. As Jake and I said, we both did a uh, rankings list, I guess power rankings, whatever you want to call it, of every single team, 1 to 30. We'll be starting, like I just mentioned, just a couple seconds ago, uh, going backwards. So basically starting at number 30 with who we think is the worst team in the league, going all the way who do we think is the best team in the league. Um, we combine the rankings. And yeah, I mean, we're, we'll go through every single team basically. So your team will get talked about. It's not like some episodes where you guys are listening and your team just doesn't get talked about because they're not newsworthy or they're just not relevant right now. So we're going to get to every single team. We might not talk about one team as much as another, but um, we'll try to get as much as possible uh, in there. Um, so let's start off at number 30. Number 30, we have the Thunder. I think we both agreed on that on both of our lists at number 30, that they're probably going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, Jake, you can go first. 
Yeah, so the Thunder, it's pretty arguable that they made the most moves uh, during the offseason. Now, does it have to do with players? Maybe not, because Sam Presti now has 17 picks through 2026 with that team, which is pretty insane. Um, and I mentioned that they've made the most moves. They're up there with the Lakers, too, with just how many moves they had this offseason. Um, they were pretty active um, early on. And um, so the biggest ad is uh, is Al Horford, but they also lost four veteran players and um, Chris Paul, Schroeder, uh, Gallinari, and Steven Adams. And I, I think that this team, out of any team in the league, is building for the future. It's evident. You saw even the development of a lot of the young guys, Shai Gillies-Alexander, without uh, Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, since they're no longer on the team. I just thought I'd mention this. Um, he played only 135 minutes without them on the floor. Because obviously you have sort of a log jam with them in the backcourt, um, even though it's sort of, you know, a good trio to have um, playing those three, as you've seen. Um, he averaged 23.8 points and 7.7 assists without them on the court. So that could just go towards, and I think I'm alluding to his development's really going to depend on. And also, if Al Horford can turn back the clock, you, you saw excuse me, the clock, you saw him against the Bulls uh, put up 15 points and seven rebounds. You hope that maybe he can get back to a Celtics Al Horford type of player um, and not like he was with uh, the fit next to Joel Embiid in, in Philadelphia. So you you rely on Shai Gillies-Alexander and his development to carry you this season. I don't think it's going to lead to much. I think they'll end up getting a top pick for sure, uh, no doubtedly, and maybe the number one pick. Um, you don't know, whereas, you know, you have the lottery odds and you don't know what's really going to happen with that. Um, as you've seen, like the Pelicans get the number one pick and, and whatnot. So the, the, the worst team doesn't always get the, uh, doesn't always get the number one pick. Um, but I think it's also, before I wrap up here, important to mention that uh, they do have a new head coach, um, and uh, Mark uh, Dagnall and uh, losing Billy Donovan was also huge for, for them. So, uh, again, you had to get rid of them because you're looking in a different direction. And that's kind of where this uh, this team's headed. Yeah, uh, I mean, you basically covered everything there, I think. Uh, to touch on what you said, I think I'm really excited to see uh, Shea continue to develop. Um, obviously, you said, you know, he only played without, like, Chris Paul and stuff and some other veterans on the floor for only, like, 135 minutes by himself. But listen, you know, he's a he's a developing young star in this league. I, I really do think um, he's their building piece right now, building block, cornerstone of the franchise. I'm also excited to see, I know, Darius Baisley, uh, Hamidou Diallo. Um, you know, these are guys, that, you know, listening to Chris Paul in interviews last year and, and even this year. Um you know, he's really high on these guys. And, and even Lou Dort, who came on in the playoffs, I know more defensively, but I think as his offensive game grows, um, they have a nice young nucleus there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a fun year for them in just terms of winning, but I think a lot of great development. And like you said, um, Sam Presti has every pick for the next 25 years in the NBA draft. So uh, I think they're bound to either, if that's trading and, and getting a star, or if it's drafting, you know, a uh, a star uh, via draft, 
um, they will definitely um, be, you know, a team that for them, you know, probably for the next couple of years won't be good, but I think we'll rebound nicely come three, four, five years from now. Um, moving on to number 29 on our list is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, that's how we, uh, when we combined our rankings, Cavs came in at the 29th pick. The Cavs, obviously, since LeBron left, um, really every time LeBron has left them have just kind of been irrelevant and um, not much has happened. Uh, what do you think about the Cavs going into this season? Yeah, I think that they didn't uh, address too much. Uh, or they did. Um, they were uh, second to last in defensive rating and overall net rating last season. Um, the only team to be worse than them was Golden State. And obviously with um, with injuries and whatnot, they were, they were bound to kind of be that. Um, but adding Isaac Okoro with your fifth pick, I think that does a lot for them defensively. It'll definitely help out the backcourt and Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton, which are, they're heavily um, undersized in my opinion to go up against the bigger guards in the league. Um, and so Isaac Okoro can kind of switch onto those bigger. Um, I think he's like six, five. I'm not, I'm not too sure on, on uh, the heights and what, whatnot, but um, the point is, is that those two are undersized. Isaac Okoro will come in and, and be that athletic um, young defender for them that they need. Um, and I think the biggest loss for them is Tristan Thompson. Um, I think he provided a lot for them. You also had Andre Drummond, so you kind of had to I, – I, I don't know. I, I think that you had two centers there that I guess you can't go wrong with either or, but Tristan Thompson had been a part of that organization and, and had such a big impact for them that that's obviously a big loss. Um, but we'll see long-term with that front court. Uh, where it ends up, they had to address the three with Isaac Okoro. I think they did that nicely. Um, but I, I don't know. They're they're one of the teams where I don't really know where they're heading. I think Kevin Love, in terms of the trade market, is, uh, in my opinion, it hasn't been There's talked about there. enough. No, but I'm saying I, I don't oh, think I, it's, I, been, it's been talked about enough. I mean, he's going to be 35 by the end of his contract. And, you know, Cleveland needs to make a decision with him. But we'll see. Yeah, well, I, I think there's nothing to talk about because he's – and I was looking because that was going to be one of my main points here because I think this is a team um, – I think something else no one's talking about, JaVale McGee, even though he's not a, a huge part. I, I don't even think he's reported to Cleveland yet. Obviously, the Lakers flipped him in order to sign, I think, Marcus Saul. Um, so that should be interesting what happens with uh, JaVale McGee. But I think Kevin Love, he's making $30-plus plus for the next three years, including this year. Um, I don't know what team would want to pay him that for the level of play he's pr- putting on. He's not Kevin Love mm-hmm. of when he came to the Cavs or obviously when he was on the Timberwolves putting up 20 and 10, 2020s, a uh, team like Knightley. And then also I think another piece, Andre Drummond, uh, last year of his deal, wouldn't be surprised if a team come the trade deadline, uh, since he's on the last year of his deal, might throw some, some pieces and, and he's that uh, missing piece for a team come uh they just approved the trade deadline i think march 25th um so there's that uh and then also like you said you have colin sexton um darius carlin uh kevin porter jr um i think kevin porter jr i think they want to make a jump this season he had a disappointing i think rookie year 
Uh, and then you have Isaac Accor. I mean, again, another young team. No one seems to know where they're going. <laughs> it seems to like it's either LeBron and their championship contend- contenders or there's no LeBron in Cleveland and they're just, um, they fall out, you know, they're not relevant anymore. So sorry if you're a Cavs fan. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's mean, that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's much else to say. You talk about a guy that, in my opinion, like has a case for, for most improved. I think he's, you know, he's legit. Uh, going from the Pelicans to the Pistons, he made great strides last season with Blake Griffin going down. You saw, um, you know, sort of the offense pickup for the Pistons, and I think that was a huge loss. But, um, yeah, you, you, I don't know. The, the biggest thing, I think, overall for the Pistons, not only their financial decisions that they made in the offseason, but also the health of Blake Griffin um, and the tra- trajectory of this team because of that. I think that uh, if he comes back, um, and again, he's made great strides with his jump shot. I'm talking about like pre-injury. Uh, he's he's not only like an athletic big that you would think, you know, from the, the Los Angeles Clippers when he was on that team, um, but he's made great strides over the years. And if he can get back healthy, I think Detroit's an okay spot. I still think that um, I had them a little bit higher. Um, I had them. Yeah, at, I, let me check real quick because um, I don't well, I, have I, it pulled up. You yeah, I had them at 24. I had them at 24, yeah. but um, that's just because at face value, they look like a team that can compete. Um, but it all depends on uh, Blake Griffin, as I mentioned. Yeah, no, I had them at 29. Um, I don't know where this team's headed. And I also think, I know, you know, we're supposed to not think ahead. And I kind of did the same thing with the Cavs before with them possibly, you know, trading guys, stuff like that. I think Derek Rose probably, um, I hope to, I, it's more of a hope than, than when. Um, I hope Derrick Rose gets moved. Uh, he gets a championship contender and, and gets that championship he deserves. He's on the last year of his deal. Blake Griffin, I think, will be a little more tricky to move just because of how much money he's making. And also he has that player option, which I think it's inevitable that he would um, uh, accept after this season. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, I think Christian Wood, I have no idea where their thinking was. And let's bring in 25 power forwards, but let's the one power forward that we can afford and, and is we can build around. Uh, yeah, Ryan, just the long term Christian. Yeah, just Go to ahead. interject there real quick. He's arguably one of the most cost effective young bigs um, in all of the offseason, yeah. this past offseason, really. Yeah, so I, I didn't understand that. Jeremy Grant, terrific player, uh, really, really good player. And, you know, go get your bag. Um, but I didn't understand uh, letting Christian Wood go. Uh, they did bring in DeLon Wright. Um, and then, like you said, Killian Hayes, I think, uh, hopefully he can, uh, develop real nice. Sadiq Bay. um, who else do they have? They, they signed Josh Jackson, I know, um, former fourth overall pick who's kind of been around the league and hasn't, he's still only 23, so maybe they find and, and they, uh, they bring him back to life on NBA. Um, but yeah, this team is, um, it seems like a pattern. Uh, with well, not OKC, but them, the Cavs, um, they don't know where they're going and what they're doing. It seems like, but who knows? Uh, hopefully, they can find out soon. And um, another team that you know they'll be in contention for the number one overall pick. Uh, I want to move on now to I think a favorite of ours, 
And if you've listened to this podcast for a while now, you know how much our love, and when I, when I say this, it's all sarcasm, is for the New York Knicks. Um, they come in at number 27 on the rankings. Um, and I think, and I'll, I'll let you go, but I think for the first time in a lot of off seasons, they didn't make a stupid move. They didn't make any like great moves, but they didn't make a stupid move. Um, I'll let you take it on from here. And I know you'll probably talk about Obi Toppin and, and, their, and all the young guys they have. Yeah, I think that this is one of the seasons where I think the Knicks get off on the right foot. I think that if you look at their overall roster construction, you have a few vets here and there. You brought in Tom Thibodeau, which I think will definitely help them. Um, he's had some winning season seasons with the Bulls and some success elsewhere in the league. Um, but you bring in a, a winning head coach. Let's move on to another team that I don't seem to know where their direction is, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Um, they signed about 25 power forwards and centers this offseason, as we, I think, touched on in a previous episode, um, from Mason Plumlee to Jeremy Grant. Uh, I don't even know who else they, they signed. Uh, they drafted Sadiq Bay. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Well, you addressed their, addressed their front court, but also they, uh, they drafted Killian Hayes. I think that needs to be mentioned as well. Um, they did. They did lose um, two big uh, key pieces of their team. And I always think with the with the with the uh, Pistons, every time we talk about them, I keep going back to the fact that I never really know what direction they're heading in. Um, they finally got a new GM, but he kind of targets like those long athletic defenders, and you know you don't have to even read about it. Like you see, just in the acquisitions that he makes, he tries to target those types of guys. I think that. Overall, if you look at their whole entire offseason, because this has to do a lot with their with their ranking, obviously, um, it's very confusing. I think going from one of the most confusing financial decisions and just NBA decisions in terms of uh, the direction of your team was losing Christian Wood and then signing Jeremy Grant to this huge three year, $60 million a year. You said it good. I think they, they didn't make anything uh, look, make them look stupid, really, in, in this whole entire uh, free agency process, NBA draft. They, didn't, they weren't able to do anything in free agency, um, which is, of course, unfortunate, whether that be, uh, I don't know, Gordon Hayward, Fred Van Vliet was rumored um, and whatnot. But uh, I think well, it's, I, it's, a good, it's a good thing that they didn't make any moves. Um, yeah, because I think they did for the yeah, go ahead. No, for the, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, even though they had salary cap, they didn't just spend it and go give um, Joe Kim Noah a hundred million dollars just because they had it. You know, it's uh, something that is it's really smart, and that's why I said they didn't. It's not like they made any fantastic moves that all of a sudden they're in contention or they're a playoff team, but you know, they didn't make stupid moves, which for them is is something that the Knicks normally do. I think like with the development of Ob Top, and I I think. Top candidate for rookie there. I think he makes great strides this season. You've already seen it um, with the flash, and he—he's just—he looks like a New York Nick. Like he looks like that guy you would just pay a ticket to go to Madison Square Garden and watch him play. That's how much um, attraction um, he gets, in, in a sense. And you have R.J. Barrett, which I think he has a a great um, a, a great uh, third third season for um, uh, or second season. Sorry, it's gone so. Um, 
that season was like so dragged out that I thought it was, I mean, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, I think he has a great sophomore season um, and really makes great strides for them. He did have a, a bad net rating um, as a rookie for them last year, but I think he does go into it and has a great season. I think you see strides in Mitchell Robinson. Um, and again, you don't have, this is the best thing about the Knicks because in, in terms of this past offseason, because you have nothing to lose. You go into it and you're unexpected to, to be a playoff team. You're expected to be the Knicks. And with that, you don't have too much expectations. You're able to go in there and develop your young guys. And I think that um, you have that flexibility as a big market where, you know, if you get one guy, it's, it might be a domino effect in terms of uh, luring free agents to the Knicks because all you need is really one guy, but they haven't had that yet. So in terms of free agents, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. To wrap up real quick, I think um, it seems, you know, they have Mitchell Robinson who seems to be developing really nicely and a really good young center in this league. Uh, Obi topping through the preseason and, and listen, I don't make too much of the preseason. I know people and we'll get to the Lakers later or, thing you know it seems like taylor horton tucker is the next uh, michael jordan even though it's far from it um but don't make too but he's had a nice preseason for a rookie i think miles powell um undrafted uh free agent at a scene hall is a really nice pickup for them and then the key is rj barrett how does he develop and you know can he improve like you said from his um rookie season to his sophomore season uh, they have Julius Randle, uh, Austin Rivers, that I think is a nice veteran guard that they brought in. Tom Thibodeau is a, a good coach for them. He's going to get them to work hard. Number 26 on the list is the Chicago Bulls. Um, I believe I had them a little higher on my list than you did on your list. Yeah, I had them at 23. Yeah, I had them at 29. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you explain why you had them at 29, because I think this team um, is a team that I even expected last year to maybe compete for a playoff spot. They didn't. Um, and I think this year it's very possible with the playing, you know, the nine and ten seed getting a playing game that this uh, team could uh, get in. I know with uh, our rankings, they would be the 12th seed in the East technically. Um, but explain why you had them so low on your side of the rankings. Yeah, I, I'm actually convincing myself more and more they should be a little bit higher. I don't know. I, I really I really just think that I, I really don't know why I have them at 29. I just think that like the teams in front of them were, I guess, just more established. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Cause we just went through three. We went through four teams, and none of them are more established. Obviously, they come in at 26 after we combined our rankings. Um, for me, Zach Levine, I think he needs to – He's listen, he's, he puts up incredible stats. I think he needs to take that next step because he can be a, a star in this league. Um, just, you know, he, he can bring that showtime-type feel. Um, he's more than just a dunker. Uh, he can shoot. He can play make everything. Um, they drafted, I think, surprisingly Patrick Williams, but I think he'll be a nice, uh, uh, you know, um, addition for this team. They have Laurie Marketing. They have Kobe White, who I'm really excited for in his second season. I think he's going to make a tremendous jump, and hopefully, him starting will help and not coming off the bench. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., another young piece. It seems like I keep repeating myself with all these teams, but I really, I, I think this team can, can compete, uh, not in terms of competing at the highest level, but I think they can give teams a run for their money just night in and night out. Um, they don't have Jim Boylan anymore, which is a 
huge blessing, and I think any Bulls player will tell you that. They have Billy Donovan, who's a, a to me is a fantastic coach. I'm just fantastic. Why the Thunder didn't keep him, I don't know. Um, but the Bulls lucked out and got him. Karsovis, their new uh, GM or president basketball ops guy, uh, seems to know what he's doing. He's built other teams like the Nuggets and stuff. So um, I think it's only a matter of time before the Bulls get back into relevancy. Uh, I, I think the key is uh, their young guys and then also Zach Levine, who I say young guys, he's still very young himself. Um, can he take that next step and be, you know, that that cornerstone piece of a franchise that I think the Bulls are looking for? Or who knows? You know, I know there's always been talks of maybe him getting traded or whatnot. I don't think I, I don't think that would happen. Um, but yeah, no, definitely something to look forward to. I really like this Bulls team. I don't know why. I think maybe because I watch KOT4Q too much uh, <laughs> and the Through the Wire podcast, so he has talked me into liking this Bulls team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this Bulls team, even though, listen, they still are 26 out of 30 teams we ranked them as, but I, I think that um, as the season moves on, we'll, we'll look back and be like, hey, we probably should have put them a little higher, in my opinion. Um, coming, yeah. in at 20, coming in at 25 is the Sacramento Kings. Um, it seems like every year, as soon as you think they're going to take a step forward, they take a step back. Um, I just think, I think they come in this low. One, uh, we we have them now as the second worst team in the West, I think, just because that's how good the West is. As we go through more West teams, you'll be like, yeah, they're not better than them, not better than them, not better than them. Um, what are your thoughts on them? They brought in Tyree Taliburton and then... Uh, they signed Hassan Whiteside, uh, brought in Frank Kraminski. Uh, I think the big question is Marvin Bagley on this team. They just gave um, De'Aaron Fox that. You know, he, they gave him uh, Max Steele. So he'll be there for a while. What, what are your thoughts go on the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I, I think I keep going back to really just um, – and I, I think this is, this is a solid ranking for them. Um, I had them at 27 on my list. On our list, they're 25. Um, so I would assume you had them. What did you have them at, Ryan? I had them at 25, I believe. 25. Yeah, I had them at 25. And to be honest, now that I'm looking at it, I like the Bulls team more than this team. Well, I, I think I think this, this Kings team, and, and like I just mentioned, it comes down to Marvin Bagley. He hasn't been what they thought he was going to draft it. Obviously, injuries, and he's had a lot of stuff going on. But I think they need him to step up. Um, bringing Hassan Whiteside, I guess they were the only team in the league that wanted Hassan Whiteside, so they brought him in. If Hassan is hungry, it could be a really, really nice pickup if he actually is motivated to play. Um, but if he's not, he'll fall out of the rotation. Um, and that's the Hassan Whiteside conundrum for you. Um, Tyrese Halliburton steal the draft, I think. Going to be really, really nice uh, guard next to uh, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, they have Nemanja Bialica, Buddy Heald. Um, Going to be interesting. Another thing, who knows, maybe he gets moved. Uh, kind of, he's that odd man out, it seems like, there, even though he's a really, really nice guard. They brought in also, God, I can't say, I keep trying to say, this guy's Ramsey. From Texas Tech, oh, uh, uh, drafted uh, him in the second Thomas. round. 
or whatever his John, name is. Yeah, John Mr. Ramsey. I, I'm so sorry if I butchered that name. Um, they have Corey Joseph. Uh, they have some nice veteran guys also um, on the team. Harrison Barnes, I think I mentioned him. Uh, also, they have Jabari Parker, which I totally forgot about. Also, um, um, so yeah, they have a good mix of of young guys in there. Um, I think that again, I was as I was going to before. You just like you you point to Detroit with Blake Griffin. Depending on how good he comes back, is how good because he's the centerpiece of that team, essentially. Um, I think with the Kings, we talked about these uh, these max extensions with Bam and Abayo from that 2017 draft class. And you mentioned Bam and Abayo, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. But then we mentioned De'Aaron Fox. And it's just like there's like tiers to it. And De'Aaron Fox kind of falls off of that tier that the other guys are on. So I think he needs to make um, good strides, um, especially like with a, a new and improved – I do think they got a little bit better, the Sacramento Kings, adding Tyrese Halliburton. I think that's the steal of the draft. Great all-around player. Um, he's not the shooter that Bogdan, Bob, Bogdanovich was, which I think that that definitely uh, – and now that I'm thinking about it, they probably like evened out in terms of their offseason moves because Bogdanovich was just such a huge part um, of that backcourt. But, um, again, I think that – I didn't even realize that they signed Hassan Whiteside to a one-year, like $2.3 million deal. Um, So that's definitely something that um, that we need to look at and uh, be like, okay, I mean, this is, you know, you would expect Hassan Whiteside to get like a lengthy deal, but um, to get Hassan Whiteside. I I did not think Hassan Whiteside would get a lengthy deal. Well, you expect him to to sign for more than like $2 million. Um, Wow. Well, Here's the problem, real quick with Hassan Whiteside, because I know we're we're kind of dragging on, and we're still only at the bottom of the rankings here, getting to the middle soon. The problem with Whiteside is, is like I said, he can be a, a defensive player of the year if he wanted to, but most nights he is just jogging up and down the floor, not knowing what to do because he just doesn't want to give the effort. So that's the problem with Hassan Whiteside. There's a reason he tricked the Miami Heat into giving him a max deal in that summer of 2016 where everyone got paid. Um, but ever since he got paid, it's kind of like he said, Hey, I got paid now. I don't need to do any more work. Um, who knows? Maybe he's hungry now to, um, to get another contract, but yeah, there, there's no, uh, I was, it was surprising not to see him sign for so long, but at the same time, it's not really moving on at number, what number are we at now? We are at number 24. 24. On the, yeah. on the list, and we'll kind of go a little faster here, so sorry if we don't go as in-depth with your teams. Uh, Orlando Magic um, brought in Cole Anthony, I think a really, really nice pickup for them uh, late in the lottery. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. Um, Jonathan Isaac not going to be there with mm-hmm. that knee injury. I don't know if maybe later in the season he'll be able to return. Uh, they have Vucevic. They have Fournier. Um, Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, Marco Fultz they have, Mo Bamba, they, I think they're looking. and seem, It seems like a reoccurring theme with these teams that we're talking about. They are all they all drafted someone high that just hasn't lived up to expectations. Mo Bamba, another one at six overall pick a couple years ago. Uh, have Aaron Gordon, um, another player I wouldn't be surprised if he possibly gets moved uh, come later in the season 
uh, contender. Uh, your quick thoughts on them as we kind of uh, move along here on the rankings. Yeah, the just real quickly, the Orlando Magic are are going to be a, a competitive team. Uh, they've been that, and again, they they're always that team that makes like one or two minimal moves. They kind of stick with the same team, same nucleus, um, and all sorts of stuff like that. So, coming back with Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, um, Fournier, all these dudes, I uh, they'll stay competitive. I, I don't think they've made the the necessary strides to get better i think they've just um like sunk to like mediocrity in, in a sense i still think that they have you know the players to be competitive and compete for that playing um but again it's, you know i don't see uh, much improvement yeah for sure uh i don't i don't see much improvement either especially in the division there and it's kind of getting better at the hawks and the heat um I don't see them being better than either of those teams. Uh, moving on to number 23, and a team that I don't think we would have ever thought would be this low in the rankings, at least for the past 20-something years, uh, San Antonio Spurs. Um, they have DeMar. They have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. It seems like it's only a matter of time before those guys get moved. It seems like they've been in trade trade rumors now for one or two years. Um they have Lonnie Walker, young guy. Uh, who did they just – did they draft – they dra- uh, They got Trey Devin Jones. Vassell. Devin Vassell, they picked. You're right. Trey Jones and Devin Vassell, two guards that I really, really like, especially Trey Jones getting him in the second round. I think that's a steal. Um, what are your thoughts? And they have DeJounte Murray. Uh, obviously, uh, Jakob Pertl. Uh, your thoughts on them going into – um, a season that it seems like they probably will not make the playoffs um, for the second season in a row. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the Orlando Magic being competitive year in, year out. Um, this is definitely, um, if you're talking about success, the Spurs definitely come up. Um, they're always competitive. They'll find a way to not only develop their players, but also put together a competitive group and make sure that Greg Popovich has the uh, the team and the pieces that he needs in order to compete and also set up for their future. So uh, you look at DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills. These are all guys that um, are getting up there in age. I mean, not like compared to the rest of your roster um, in which you have guys like Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, um, Derek White, DeJounte Murray in your backcourt. And like you just said, they, they picked up Devin Bissell, which I thought was, um, a great pick, especially at the pick that they got him. They, they were at the 11th pick, um, I'm pretty sure. And so uh, to get him in, in that uh, in that range is really good value for them. A guy that can space the floor, knock down the three, um, pull up midi is, is nice. Um, and obviously the great defender that he is, long arms. Um, and uh, I think that that'll definitely be a great pick for them. Yeah, uh, that is... San Antonio Spurs coming in at, now we are at number 22, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I think maybe one of the more exciting young teams. Oh, I don't know. No, I shouldn't say that. I think they have one of the more exciting young players in LaMelo Ball um, uh-huh. coming in. They, they paid Gordon Hayward every single penny that they ever got. Michael Jordan did uh, with that 
huge bag that no one saw coming. And uh, I think injured. this is an, yeah, and he's injured again. They have PJ Washington, um, Terry Rozier, uh, Malik Monk, who seems like uh, who knows what's going on with him. Vernon Carey, I think, was a re- they had a really nice draft uh, picking up Nick Richards, Vernon Carey, and Lamelo Ball. Um, we have them, and this is, I guess, how bad the bottom of the East is. We have them at the 10 seat, so they would be in the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lamelo Ball, will, he, he's going to put on a show this season. Uh, he, he's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. And uh, I, I, we have uh, predictions at awards later in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins rookie of the year just because of the stats he's going to be able to put up. Um, that's my thoughts on him as we kind of uh, move along here. Uh, your quick thoughts on, on the Charlotte Hornets. Right. So I think that, um, as you mentioned, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be a big part of that. Uh, just like, I mean, on full display, his first game, his, his ability to see the court, um, the no-look passes, you know, getting flashy and setting up his t- teammates. I think you already see the connection between him and a guy like Miles Bridges where, um, you know, just seeing him up for lobs and that can definitely be a lob threat that you're, you're looking at as we get um, deeper and deeper into the season. You already see it. I think the Hornets will definitely be, we mentioned like bringing on a guy like Gordon Hayward. Uh, I, I'm not sure the, uh, I guess the, well, of course you want to get a guy that um, you're not a, a premier free agent uh, destination. So, you know, if you're, I guess they were in a, they were, they were in a real bidding war with, with Gordon Hayward. Uh, and now you question, okay, is this guy going to be an injury prone vet? Um, of course he has, he going to help us from a leadership uh, position. Sure. But again, his playing, uh, you already see that he's gotten injured. Um, so that's definitely uh, a risk, um, because you're paying him so much money. Um, and I guess, I guess you had to just because, I mean, the price was so high for him. A lot of teams wanted him. Um, for all I know, he could have stayed in Boston because he was like owed uh, $33 million, something like that. So um, I think that that's definitely going to be something to look out for. And the development of your, your young guys. How do you use Miles Bridges um, in terms of uh, the lineup situation there? Uh, how do you utilize your guards, especially with LaMelo Ball being 6'7"? You have smaller guards in Devontae Graham and, and Terry Rozier. So that's definitely something to look out for as well. Um, obviously, LaMelo Ball, I think, wins that um, that competition with the other two guards there. But uh, how do they mix and match with their guards? That's also another question. But I think they'll be competitive. So Yeah. Um, moving to the next team in the rankings is at number 21, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, obviously, number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. They have Carnegie Towns. They have um, D'Angelo Russell. I think what hurts them is that they are in the West because they have really nice young talent. Um, so, they, you know, Jared Culver, I think they're kind of waiting on him to see what he turns out to be. He hasn't been what they thought. Uh, they, they brought back Ricky Rubio uh, back home uh, where he started. It should be nice. Josh Akoji. They have Jaden McDaniels, a rookie out of Washington. Uh, I think second round. So they picked him in the second round, yeah. Um, I, you know, they're kind of middle-of-the-road team, I think, even though they have three really, really young, good players. Or we'll see Anthony Edwards. I think he'll be a good young player. Um, 
so yeah, it's just going to be, I think, seeing the development of Anthony Edwards and then seeing how Cat and Zelo play uh, moving forward. And also, sh- shout out to Cat. Uh, I know he's going through a tough time losing seven family members due to COVID, so it just shows how serious COVID is. Um, so uh, shout out to him and him playing through it. Uh, so shout out to him and your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, prayers up to Carl Anthony Towns and um, and what he's going through right now. Um, so the Minnesota Timberwolves are interesting because uh, they have the number one overall pick. They have D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and I think they'll be a team that, again, I don't really see them uh, going too far. I think that somewhat of an ex- inexperienced team. I think they're they're definitely moving uh, on the developmental stages and not really in terms of the win column. So uh, that's kind of my brief thoughts on them. I think adding Ricky Rubio, um, who started out his career in Minnesota, is definitely influential for um, definitely the guards there and whatnot. So I think it'll definitely be a team that we should look out for in terms of storylines, but I'm not sure as far as a um, as far as a team that could make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, coming up next, and sorry if we're going through your team and we're not talking much about just that way we get through all the teams here and get through everything we want to go through. Um, number 20, Minnesota, Memphis Grizzlies, a team that I think is probably taking a step back from last season. Uh, where they were, and, and I think they'll be contending for that eight seed again, just I don't think as in it, just because of, again, how good the West is, one through eight, and we'll see that as we keep going through the rankings, it's just like you, you start talking about, it. and even we have some surprise teams here that we have lower in the rankings, I think that people kind of uh, tilt, you know shake their head at or not understand. Um, John Morant is going to be a show, Jaron Jackson, they have a, a good one-two punch. Um, Justice Winslow, I think, is they're waiting on as the Miami Heat were. He just he's injured again, I think. Um, so who, who the hell knows what's going to go on with him? Uh, they have Dylan Brooks. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's Brandon Clark. Um, so and who did they bring in? This oh Desmond Bain. Uh, yeah, that was a, so that was a solid pick. Honestly, solid pick. So again, it's, they're going to be another middle of the road team, competitive every game. Uh, Jaw's going to put on a show, but probably not making the playoffs. Yeah, again, I, I think that um, definitely uh, the route in which they were on last season um, was good for them, especially as a young team that needs some experience. They got all the way to the playing game with uh, with the Blazers, which eventually um, turned out to um, to end their season. But I think that especially the strides that I think Jaron Jackson Jr. can make. I, I think they take a, a small step forward. Um, I, I think with John Morant, uh, with the development that he could bring to the team as the number one option, um, I think this team, again, we have to see, uh, again, a young, inexperienced team that we need to see more of, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I like – I sort of like their chances this season. But, again, I, I don't know. Um I don't have too much to say on them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they should be a uh, – they're going to be a fun team to watch with John and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, 
going to number 19 and i think this is where it kind of starts to get people are like wait how you have them so low but they're really not indiana um we have them as a ninth seed um if the rankings were if we were to literally get every single ranking right uh i had them at 20 you had them at 18 so basically right around the same area um victor Oladipo, uh they have um uh, DeMontis Sabonis seems to be like their star. Even if Victor Oladipo is healthy, I think he's their best player. But DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, a team that I could see, it's kind of like they could be good, but at the same time, I could see pieces from this team getting moved. Uh, TJ Warren, let's see what if he comes back and is like uh, the bubble TJ Warren when he's not playing the Miami Heat, because uh, that would be a really big, uh, you know, thing for them if he could be. Uh, I like Kasha Stanley from uh, Duke on the two-way deal that they have. Uh, they have Aaron Holiday, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. How can I forget? Really, really good addition for them last season that the Bucks are probably kicking themselves that they don't have anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be, they'll be in contention for a playoff spot. I, I, if not a playoff spot, they'll be it probably, or not probably, I think definitely in the playing games. Um, so another team that I think, um, a decent team, another competitive team, as we're going to be saying now for the next probably five, six, seven, eight teams, uh, that are not title contenders, but they are, um, a team that will definitely, uh, give everyone a run for their money. Yeah. I think, um, to be honest, I had them at, uh, I think you said 18. I think as I check my list now, I did have them at 18. So we don't know what's going to happen with this Pacers team. They came back with relatively um, the same team, um, but they did add uh, the head coach that Ryan had a, a tough time pronouncing when we did the episode when they hired him, uh, Bajorkin. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, so uh, he is uh, a guy that was under head coach Nick Nurse for the for the Raptors, got hired by the Pacers. Um, we've seen the downfall, even though McMillan's a great coach, I really like him. We saw the downfall of him, wasn't able to lead his team, got swept, um, by the heat in the first round of the NBA bubble. Um, and so I think Bajorkin will be definitely a test run and see how good he is, um, outside of, of Nick Nurse and that, that Raptors organization. Um, and I think he'll, he'll be a good coach. I think anyone under like a great coach like nurse or popovich whatever ends up being pretty good um so we'll see how that ends up i think that you also have to get victor ladipo can he come back from injury um as good as he was a couple seasons ago he just hasn't been on par um and i think that uh looking at that and his future with indiana it's super important so that's basically like my main storyline for uh uh for the pacers and i think that think they should they should be higher than people think um maybe not on your list but you know if you really do think about it i think that they should be a little bit higher but there's just it's just so deep this whole entire um the whole entire league that i mean it's it's hard to really well, there's put a, a team over another yeah there's a t- there, and especially this part of the list it's just like everyone uh as we move on to number 18 in the pelicans um there's a lot of the same type of teams uh, you know, just middle of the road teams that are not title contenders, but they're not, you know, that, that well, some of them will be lottery teams just because they just miss out on the playoffs, but they're not 
uh, a terrible, terrible teams like we talked about before, the Cavs or the Pistons or, or the Kings or, or not even the Kings, but like the Thunder teams like that. Um, like I just mentioned, at number 18, Pelicans, they have Zion. This They're probably the most exciting young team in the league if you ask the national media as they have 25,000 million that didn't even make sense, but Jillian games on national TV. Um, as a as we're Heat fans, we just saw them uh, in the preseason. Zion looked terrific. Um, they have JJ Redick, who's a nice veteran. Stan Van Gundy, who's going to tremendously tremendously help them on defense, with the, which they were terrible at last year. Stephen Adams is a huge pickup, maybe one of the most underrated pickups of the off season. Um, and that's my quick thoughts on them. Uh, I think that they. Um, our team, we real quick, uh, we had them with, with these rankings, and I kind of just put how they would seed in their respective conferences. We had them as, as a 10th seed, so they would be in the plan. I think they could be higher, and I'll explain why when we get to another team come a few spots from now. Yeah, I had them a little bit lower um, just because I had uh, – who did I – above them? The Pacers and the Hornets. Um, I do think they could be – it's arguable that you put them uh, over the Hornets. I think that's – you know, I, I think definitely like LaMelo could propel uh, the Hornets in a way that is, is very like John Morant-like, like, like we saw last season with um, the Memphis Grizzlies or even like a, a boost like Zion did last season with, with the Pelicans when he came back um, in, in, uh, in late January, I believe. Um, but – I think as far as the Pelicans go, I, I like their team. Um, I'm not going to hate or anything like that. Um, they do have, I believe, uh, and I'm saying this because I think you know the number, Ryan, but they, I think they have 18 nationally televised games, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan. I think 19. Who knows? I think 18 and 19, something like that. It, it's a ridiculous number that I understand why. It's just, wow. Yeah, I um, mean – I mean, you and, talk about really just uh, Yeah, just I, I don't striking. know how much more you have to say, but I was going to say the next – actually, no, not the next team on our list, my bad. Keep going, sorry. Because I was going to say the yeah. next team on our list, but it's not the next. A few teams ahead as well should be getting more nationally televised games probably. Uh, and yeah. they have like one or two that I'm talking about, but uh, keep going. I mean, it, it just shows like just how much uh, national attention, how much is, is – uh, I'm not going to say like pressure, but just – how much attention, yeah, that's the word I'm going for, is just um, focused on Zion Williamson, how much the national media gives this team. Um, you know, when you talk about, like, the lead-up to him and LeBron's matchup, it was insane media coverage. Um, uh, I haven't been watching too much of preseason, but I saw the first uh, Heat game against the Pelicans, and Brandon Ingram was absolutely cooking. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, he got fed that night, but he was uh, unbelievable. So I think that um, in all seriousness, seriousness no, though, um, I think that he'll have a great um, season. I think last year was just, um, you know, one of the first stepping stones in terms of like, you know, averaging more than 20 points a game um, being and because you didn't have Zion for like the first half of the season being that number one guy to go to. I think he'll have a great season. Um, Zion will do Zion things and I like their team I think you mentioned Steven Adams that's definitely I was going to go there as well in terms of um, how much size he gives them I think that's something that um, they've kind of lacked that 
that veteran big man presence at that um, that center spot. Um, and again, they add veterans off that Drew Holiday trade. Um, they had to make the money work there. So you have Steven Adams on your squad. And I think that um, you lost a little bit of, of backcourt um, in Drew Holiday, I think, or a lot, really. I mean, because he was one of the most underrated players in the league. And, you know, it's a lot to lose in your backcourt. But they'll be fine. I think they're going to be young, exciting. Um, and even if they don't make the playoffs, they're one of those teams that you look at and um, excite, very exciting to watch. Yeah. Going to number 17 on our list, the Washington Wizards, a team for me. And listen, they're not going to, they're not, I don't think they're going to get to the finals, but they are the Miami Heat of last year, in my opinion. I think that they're going to really surprise a lot of teams. Um, Danny Abdia, uh, the rookie from Israel, he's, he's a dark horse for me to win rookie of the year. Uh, again, don't put too much into preseason. I just think that he looks really, really good. Um, even though Russell Westbrook hasn't played in any preseason games in practice, and I've just seen on social media, he looks really happy there and just motivated to to do damage. Him and Bradley go on the backcourt. They have Rui Hachimura, who's just a monster. Tom, Thomas Bryant, who uh, I personally like at center, not you know on a on a championship caliber team, but a really really decent, a big man. Um, they also have Dallas Bertans, who they just paid a lot of money to for him to be a sniper from from downtown. Uh, so yeah, the, those are, uh, this team to me, I, I could talk about them for days and days and days. I really, really like this team. Um, in, in the, again, I mentioned the Hornets earlier, why they can't be higher. You have the Wizards, Hawks, and Heat in the same division, underrated division here, the Atlantic, uh, the, are they the, they're the Southeast division, my bad, in the, uh, Eastern Conference. It's a good point that you brought up about the Southeast division, because I actually wasn't even thinking about how deep and talented this division will be. Uh, and if you look back, it wasn't really ever like this. So um, seeing more 500 teams, of course, as a Heat fan, it, it stinks, but um, it'll definitely uh, bring a competitive edge out of that division. As far as the Wizards go, we've talked about them a lot, so I'll just make it brief. But Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, uh, I'm not as high on them as other people are. I had them at 17 as well on my list, um, and it's uh, – it's at 17 on our list, so I had them at the same ranking. I think that it's a fair ranking. Um, they could be a little bit higher depending on who you talk to, maybe a little bit lower for people that are sleeping on them. But um, I made my list sort of as, as you'll see as we go up here. I, I, I don't know. I don't really believe the hype for, like, uh, teams that have gotten, like, a new nucleus in, in, in terms of, like, Russell Westbrook with the Wizards. I think they'll be definitely the, one of the best backcourts in the league, no doubt. Um, I just, I don't know. In terms of like an overall power ranking, I don't know if it'll end up being like a rough start for them. Um, and we'll see how that ends up, you know, because they're not playing their their guys in preseason. Um, okay. And I think that, I think that like. They're, Russell Westbrook's in year, what, 13 or 12. So for him, preseason, two preseason games won't make a difference. No, um, it won't, uh, but. It won't, but I think that like preseason is important in terms of this um, particular. Again, obviously he went to, um, you know, he made a deep run in the in the uh, and lost to the Lakers in the in the NBA bubble. But like it, it is it, preseason does hold more value in this in this season just because you had like you got to get your players in terms of like new situations, of course, and stuff like that. You kind of have to get them. Um, adapted as quickly as you can. So it, it holds more value, but again, I mean, yeah, 
I guess two preseason games, it won't hurt. But you know, yeah, it, it, there's no, yeah. It, you would like to, as a fan, you would like to see a, a fan of the Wizards. I bet they would love to see uh, Russell Westbrook play. They can wait until uh, opening night to see him play. Uh, to me, this team is going to be like I said. I think they are—they're not getting to the NBA Finals, but I think they are the Miami Heat of this year, just in terms of the surprise factor uh, that they have talent on the team. People just don't think much of them, and they're going to make a lot of noise. Uh, coming in at 16, which when we did the rankings, I—I I mean, I—I had them. I had uh, is the Utah Jazz. I had them at 15. You had them at 14. They came in at 16 um, when we put everything together uh yeah i i've seen some power rankings and, and i don't like to call these power rankings I, they are but they aren't um as high as like six i have them this though just again depth of the west um i think donovan mitchell is really really good uh joe ingles jordan clarkson rudy gobert i know they're having some contract negotiation problems but i just don't i i, I don't know I, there's just something missing to me uh Mike Conley getting another year older. He was impressive some parts of last season, some parts not. Um those are my thoughts on them kind of. There nothing much else really that uh I have on them. Yeah, I think that they brought back Jordan Clarkson, so that's um a good piece off the bench to have. Um as you know, Jordan Clarkson is definitely a a, a sought out one of the most sought out bench pieces um, that you can have. Um, I think think the the Jazz. I, I didn't really have them too too high either. Um, I had them at fourteen. So um, I think that our rankings obviously even them out to be at sixteen. Um, I think that they could make the playoffs, um, especially with of course you have the playing game now, which is all thanks to like last season, um, but. I, I don't see too many minimal changes or too many marginal changes. I, sh- I should say for the um, for the Utah Jazz, um, I think that again, it's kind of feel like I'm being repetitive, but you know, you're kind of coming in with like the same team, and uh, you know, you kind of have to see uh, you know how your vets improve, how Donovan Mitchell, you know, if he's able to come back and. You know, who knows, put up like 50 game uh, or 50 point games like he, he did in the bubble. Who who freaking knows? So I think that the Jazz, I, I think that the West is just too competitive to the point where if you're not making marginal uh, uh, decisions in roster, I think it just kind of makes you fall a bit. Yeah, there's going to be a couple of teams that people are like, well, how did they get left out and uh, the, even the playoffs? And I think the Jazz might be one of them. Um, coming in at number 15 as well, we're only halfway through, but, uh, we're getting there is the Atlanta Hawks, another team from the Southeast division. They had probably maybe the best off season bringing in Danilo Gallinari, who's going to actually be their sixth man. And I don't want to, again, we're doing awards later, but possible sixth man of the year, Trey Young, John Collins, uh, um, a I I'm, I feel like I'm saying this for everyone in this draft, but I just think everyone in this draft, there's not going to be many star star like superstars, but I think just so good quality players. Um, they have Cam Reddish who they're looking take a, a leap after kind of not a I guess a disappointing first year. DeAndre Hunter, same thing, a, a leap. Um, Clint Capella they have, 
Chris Dunn, they brought in really, really nice uh, defensive guard, especially to play alongside Trey Young, Rajon Rondo, a co- literal a literal coach on the floor, Kevin Herter, who's a sniper. Um, a team that I think uh, another team that can make noise um, and possibly be a surprise. I don't know because I feel like they're getting more attention, um, but I, I, a possible surprise come uh, playoff time and, and come later in the season. Here we have them as the seventh seed in the East. Yeah, probably if, if they end up making the uh, the playoffs, which I think they do, arguably the most inexperienced team when it comes to playoffs, just because they haven't made it uh, last season. They had they didn't have John Collins for a lot of the time, and you know that obviously hurt them um, in their rankings and how they added or stocked up against all the other teams. Um, I think that Trey Young. Uh, this is a deciding factor year for him if he can be the best player on a playoff team, um, which I think he can, um, of course. And I think that uh, adding Bogdan Bogdanovich is huge. I thought that was a big loss for the Kings, as I mentioned before. Um, his shot creation, um, his size is definitely something that you need to look at because uh, Trey Young, Rajon Rondo, Chris Dunn, those are guys that are um, obviously shorter than six seven. Um, which I, I'm pretty sure Bogdanovich is. Um, I hate saying his name, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that they they added Chris Dunn, which again, these are all um, these are all players that they added that I think a lot of other teams would like to have, um, and I think that the teams that they were on before um, would have liked to kept uh, to to have uh, kept on their team. Um, Rajon Rondo, of course, just won a championship. He knows what it's like to compete um, and will take a load off of Trey Young when he's not in the game. Um, then you have Chris Dunn. Obviously, his defensive presence is going to be missed by the Bulls, but um, it'll likely be accepted um, on this team, of course. And then um, their front court is interesting. Uh, just to talk about it real briefly, the um, – the pick, pick and pop action of Trey Young and, and Gallo is going to be nice. Uh, you have a lob threat in Clint Capella. Um, we've already seen some preseason action where that's played out. Um, even with John Collins, uh, who's like a hybrid between like a an inside guy, but also can shoot the three as well. And then you have a Congo off the bench. It'll be interesting to see with the with the amount of players in their front court um, how that gets divvied up. Um, in terms of his production, how he's able to develop. Coming in at 14 is the Toronto Raptors, or a.k.a. the Tampa Raptors, which I think is a big factor into how they'll perform this season. They're either going to perform really, really good, like they normally do in the regular season, or I think this whole move of them not even being... not They're basically in another bubble again, uh, living out of hotel rooms and stuff down in Tampa. Nicer weather, probably, than being in uh, Toronto right now, where it's probably snowing and, you know, you have 14 inches of snow compared to Tampa, where it's uh, 75 degrees and sunny um they'll be playing in the tampa bay lightning arena um losing marcus saw sergi baka two huge pieces i think Ma- uh, pascal siakam i don't know and i think in the playoffs you kind of saw this if he if he can be that number one uh kyle Lowry getting another year older um they did bring back fred van vliet on that on that huge deal uh, they brought in aaron baines which is a nice pickup uh again i i don't know how good this team can be uh, they in the regular season they always seem to do really really well. So we have them here as a six seed. Who knows? They'll probably be a two seed and they'll surprise everyone. But come playoff time, that's when um, 
it would be a huge thing. So for the Toronto Raptors, um, obviously a team that is competitive. I think that they take a hit this year. I think our rankings fair where we have them. Um, I think that it'll definitely test them as far as their front court, losing Serge Ibaka and also Marcus Saul as well. Um, in which Marcus Saul does have his times where he's a bit abysmal and and again he's that's the part in which you know he's getting up there in age um, as a vet in this league. Um, but they lost both of them in the front court. They added Aaron Baines, which did solid for Phoenix. I thought a lot of the times he was great for them without having Andre, uh, Andre, DeAndre Aiden um, there uh, due to uh, suspension. I, I thought that he did great for him uh, subbing in and, and taking care of the load while he was out. Um, but I think that now you see Aaron Baines with not a lot of help in your, uh, what, the backups Boucher. So I think that looking at that team, he's going to have a lot bigger of a role, um, going to have to pick up a lot more slack in the front court, losing those two guys in, in free agency. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really do too much to improve their roster, in my opinion. Um, outside of that, uh, I think you've seen, like, Matt Thomas, who, again, the Toronto Raptors are just good at developing players, um, like the Miami Heat, like the San Antonio Spurs. So to see the, the strides of their young guys, Matt Thomas um, and all the other young guys that they have on that team, and then keeping that duo of, of Lowry and, and Fred Van Vliet, uh, I think that's, that's critical for them. I, I think the, the Raptors will take a hit, but again, certain teams just take hits because we're, we're looking at such a, a deeper conference in the Eastern Conference in terms of um, the teams that we'll mention after them. It's just very competitive. Yeah, uh, moving to number 13 on our list, the Golden State Warriors, a team that could, I think, could have been probably top five if they had Klay Thompson. They do not, though. Klay Thompson, obviously, out for the year uh, with injury. So it'll be a Steph Curry show. They have James Wiseman, rookie. Um, they brought in Kelly Oubre. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is the X factor for this team. If he can... If he if he goes, and I feel like we say this every everyone says this every year about Andrew Wiggins going back to when he was on the Timberwolves. If if he's great, then the team's great. Well, here we go. Here here we are again. And I don't think he needs to be as big of a role. But if he's able to um, be a great, you know, or a, a, a good player and give good production, this team um, could compete. I don't think I think losing Clay gives them, uh, is, makes them not a title contender. They'll be uh, here. Again, how deep we're at number 13, and they're eighth in the West, so it shows you how deep the uh, West is. We have them. I think they could probably be even a little higher. I know you have them out of the playoffs in your rankings, um, but uh, what are your thoughts on the Warriors? Yeah, I think you're correct about that. I'm checking my list right now. I have them at, I have them going for the play-in seat. I have them at nine. I had them at 10 before, but I figured, you know what, uh, Clay, you know, it hurts them. But as much as I thought before, I was like, you know what? They still have, uh, I thought the Kelly Oubre signing was big for them. Um, <clears throat> a player that I honestly thought that the, the Thunder were going to keep with, with Presky there and um, the direction that they're headed in. But instead uh, was moved to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think that uh, it'll be interesting how they have that backcourt 
um, with Steph Curry, and then you insert um, whoever at that two, uh, and then you have, <clears throat> I guess they'd be going bigger with um, with Mel- maybe uh, Kelly Oubre at that two. I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Um, again, I haven't really been watching them, um, even though they had a game on last time against the Kings, but uh, I think that's, that's kind of irrelevant. But anyway, uh, I think that uh, they have a, a very uh, – th- they could still be competitive. They have a very young, as we saw last season, a young team. Um, and now that will be moved, obviously, to, um, you know, to your bench just because now you're bringing back Steph Curry. Um, you added uh, Kelly Oubre. So all those, like, inexperienced guys, um, G League-type guys you'll have on your bench now. And that's what kind of worries me about the Warriors, too. Um, even if they had Clay, is that they don't really have too much depth um, and the Warriors are known for having like a pretty deep team when they were uh, competing for championships, of course, but now that's kind of uh, reversed in a sense. Um, I still think uh, I probably have them definitely in the top 10 if Clay Thompson, no doubt, um, was back. Um, but again, I think that that definitely hurts them. His off-ball movement, his shooting uh, is definitely something with Steph Curry is unbelievable. Is one of the best offensive backcourts, no doubt. In, in our league, and it's just um, that's definitely going to hurt for them. But I think they still remain competitive uh, and definitely compete for that uh, for that eight spot. Yeah, I think even higher. I, I really, I, I think they could even be higher. And it all depends. The team that we have ranked right above them at number twelve is the Houston Rockets. We could. This is a team we could talk about for days. I know on this episode we're really not getting into news, but James Harden, it seems like they're getting closer and closer to trading him, which to me would move. And I think you agree would probably move them down significantly on the rankings mm-hmm. uh, with James Harden. This team, I think is going to be, it could be a really good team. Uh, John wall uh, looks and, and this is the only time in preseason you can kind of look and be like, Hey, you know, you can take something away. His explosiveness. Uh, he looks fast. He looks good. Boogie coming off 25 million injuries. He looks, you know, decent. Let's see how he uh, fares through a season long. And as well as John Wall, uh, they brought in Christian Wood, who we talked about earlier with the Pistons. I'm not, bringing, you know, on a steal of a deal. Um, PJ Tucker, he might get moved as well. So this team is kind of like right now we have them at 12. Uh, I, they'll probably end up lower. They also have Aaron Gordon. Um, yeah, the, the we could, I could sit here and talk about uh, really just James Harden, the whole James Harden saga where he would go and it, it affects kind of moving up in the rankings teams up there uh, if they get him, if they don't get him. So that's my thoughts on the Houston Rockets. And I feel bad for first year head coach, Steven Silas and what he's going through, what James Harden is putting him through kind of right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, there's that, uh, there's that viral video yesterday. Um, on uh, House of Highlights where the, where the announcer goes, who needs James Harden? Um, and that's kind of where they're sitting at right now with the whole James, James Harden uh, circumstance. I think that uh, it, it really just depends. Uh, you know, the, the, the seesaw is kind of uh, sort of balanced right now, but if you lose James Harden, obviously that seesaw goes one way. Um, and I think that they, they definitely go lower um, because you're looking more at a, a team that, I think they could still remain competitive, obviously, with their pieces. Um, but, again, losing James Harden, um, which 
we know that the, t- the talent that he is, I don't really need to go into depth with just how talented he is and how much better he makes a team um, offensively, of course. But I think that definitely uh, takes a hit on, on the, uh, the competitiveness of the, uh, the Houston Rockets. So I think that we've yeah. seen John Wall, Boogie, really just – uh, in the preseason games, I know I shouldn't be taking too much from it, but we've seen like they, they look pretty healthy out there. Um, and if anything, that's kind of what you could take away from it. Um, and we hope that uh, we'll see if they keep them or not. It's been rumored Philly, Miami, uh, Brooklyn. Those are the main teams. Uh, Denver's been talked about less and less, but they're also a team um, as well as like Toronto. So those are just teams that come up with James Harden. But uh, that's kind of what this team is is kind of centered around right now. It's just that whole scenario. And it's, it's hard to talk about basketball without, you know, seeing that whole situation play out. Yeah. So uh, the whole situation with James Harden, that's how this team will go about. I think that it's going it, to, they just think about it right now. They should probably be lower just because I think it's going to hurt them either way. If he stays the whole awkwardness of him staying and not wanting to be there, if he goes, um, you know, it, it will hurt them just because they won't have as much talent, even though who knows what they get back. They get back Ben Simmons. They could still be there. Um, and I move forward. But last thought, I, I think by the time we do a next episode, I have a feeling that James Harden does get traded. Um, I don't know why. I have a weird feeling. I think by the next time we release an episode after Christmas, um, he will be traded and he will be on a new team. Moving to, and I'll just leave that there. Uh, moving to... Um, number 11 on our list, the Phoenix Suns, another team that made a, a tremendous offseason, uh, bringing in Chris Prawl, uh, one of the more underrating pickups, Jay Crowder signing him. Uh, they have, obviously, uh, Devin Booker. Um, who, they had a draft pick, DeAndre Ayton, uh, I think that's the key to this team, how he goes, this team will go. Um, who did they bring in for their draft? They, oh, they they kind of stretched and got Jalen uh, Smith. That was kind of a stretch. Um, this is a team. We have them as a six seed. Uh, I, this team will be, I think, a really, really good team. Um, or they could really disappoint. I, I have a feeling they're either going to be really good or they're going to really disappoint. They have Michael Bridges, too. Um, your thoughts on this uh, Suns team? Yeah, um, I think that because I'm trying to think here. Yeah, I mean, when you have – Chris Paul, it makes you a playoff team. Um, we saw that with even a team last year with, with the OKC Thunder, a team that everyone was sleeping on. No one thought they were going to make the playoffs, and they snuck in um, and made a little bit of noise, um, to be quite frankly here. Um, I think that as I'm kind of going on it here and I'm thinking about it, like Chris Paul with Devin Booker, uh, Again, OKC was able to sneak in with Chris Paul and Devin Booker in your backcourt. I think you not only make the playoffs, but you contend for a five and six seed. Um, we have them as the sixth seed on our list. Um, but again, with upgrading Chris Paul for Ricky Rubio, Rubio made Booker so much better, Aiden so much better. Imagine what Chris Paul would do for them. Um, then we talk about like the other um, players on their roster. I have high hopes for like uh, Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson. I feel like they'll definitely take big strides, uh, including Javon Carter too, who's 
uh, making a name for himself as a very underrated yeah. defender in the league. Um, and then adding Jay Crowder, it was so sad for, for him to leave Miami. He just wanted more years. He didn't take too much of a downgrade in terms of where he went. He went to the Phoenix Suns, who will still remain competitive. Um, and again, Jay Crowder's a great guy to have on your team. He brings a winning attitude. Uh, and Chris Paul, of course, I mean, the guy's, um, you know, a floor general and uh, a great, the great player that he is. And he still adds value to every team he goes to. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of this, this Suns team this season. Yes, uh, I am too. Um, the next team I'm also a fan of, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. They're, or they're sort of healthy. Uh, Zach Collins, uh, it seems like he's always injured, and I really, really hope he gets healthy because he's a really, really good player. I won't be back until mid-January, according to their GM. Um, but they do have uh, Dame. They do have CJ. Uh, they have the big man in the middle, Nurkic. Um, they brought in Derek Jones Jr., another guy who came from Miami. Um, but uh, I think is a really, really, not, really decent pickup for them and is going to be starting, I believe, for them. They brought back NS Cantor as a backup um, center. Uh, they have Gary Trent, uh, Anthony Simmons, Rodney Hood, Robert Covington, another steal of a pickup, I think, defensively and stuff that is going to help them. So this is a team that I think will, will – and I, I said this at, uh, dating back to before bubble days. I was like, this team went healthy come next season. They will be a, a contender in the West, and I, I still do think that. I think that um, they will be up there in the West come playoff time and, and a team that you will not want to play. Yeah, so we uh, broke into the top 10. Um, they're our number 10 team. I, I agree with this. I, I, To be honest, when I was making my list, I kind of was sleeping on them a little bit. And then I think about just how much better they got defensively. Adding Robert Covington, who I think is a very underrated prize possession in this league. I think if you add him to any team, um, he could really fit onto any team in the league. Um and for a pretty affordable price um, for what he brings, uh, I think that adding Ennis Canner too is a very undervalued. Um, I think that he brings a lot to the table, especially what he was able to do for Boston. Like, um, obviously, there's certain schemes that you want to run in the NBA bubble, but him coming off the bench for for uh, for Tice, you could just see his impact. Um, he was able to to give defenders problem in the post and. Um, him going back to Portland because uh, he was there um, before Boston, I think, or something like that. But um, I think he's definitely a good pickup for them. Resigning Mello, that was important for them. Obviously, Portland giving him a, a second chance or a third chance, really, um, of being in the league. And he's found a home there, I think. So uh, they'll be a, a very competitive team. Let's also not forget uh, Derrick Jones Jr., who got a bag from them. Uh, and you know, he, he deserves it as well. I think that he hasn't, you know, gotten to showcase what, what he can do as much. And, um, and I think he'll be important for them as well. At number nine, Philadelphia 76ers. This is a team that every year it just seems like, Hey, this is the year, this is the year. And there's a couple teams like this and there's another team coming up that is like this as well. Um, they do have a new head coach. They have a new GM. They might have James Harden come for, by the time this podcast comes out, they could have James Harden. So I'm sorry if they do and we're not talking about it. Uh, but um, 
They have Joel, they have Ben, they put shooters finally around. Daryl Morey came in and finally knew what he was doing and got Seth Curry, got Danny Green as much as you want to make a fun of Danny Green. He can shoot the three ball. That's what he's known for. Matisse Thibel, um, not only love him for his vlogs, which he hasn't really uploaded lately, but uh, is a great young defender in this league. And that's where I will leave off on this team. Tobias Harris also, I think, needs to step up. They brought in Dwight Howard as well. Um for an athletic big to back up uh, Joel. So this is a team that could, I could see them at the top of the East or they will be, we have them, I think at number five in the East uh, right now, kind of a team that will be competing. They can compete for a championship. Yeah, this is another team. And as we get farther into this list, we'll see more competitive teams that are trying to get James Harden. So this all depends also on, the Harden sweepstakes, if they end up getting him, then maybe they'll, uh, I think they'll move up um, a little bit um, for sure. But uh, I think that if, as you look at this team, I think to sum it up, it's Daryl Morey. I think he comes in, there's not moves where you really scratch your head. If you're signing out Horford, uh, Tobias Harris before, you don't have that with Daryl Morey. He will bring in valued assets that, really add to the basis of your team. And it's, it, and it's really good that you bring in a guy like Daryl Morey and a team that really needs shooting. And Daryl Morey is all about, you saw with the Houston Rockets, um, the outside shooting. He's a big fan of that spacing the floor. And you bring that in with Seth Curry, you bring that in with Danny green. You have guys that can now stretch the floor and shoot the three ball around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, you get rid of Al Horford, who was not good. Um, with your two-star players on the floor, they were better off without him. So you get rid of him somehow, which I don't know how the heck he pulled that off, but he did. Um, And OKC was willing to take on his contract. Um, But again, good moves, good offseason for them. Um, I think it's one of the more uh, underrated offseasons. I don't know if you mentioned Tyrese Maxey too. He's had um, some good minutes. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, some good minutes for them. Um, as we've seen in like preseason so far. So um, again, he's going to be a good player for them, a guy that can come in for, for Ben Simmons and, or depending on really where you put Ben Simmons, if he's on your team still um, in the near future, uh, we'll see how he ends up. Even on the team in the near future. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if that, uh, well, yeah, you're definitely going to maybe end up having to put, or maybe not because Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and you're going to have to, uh, I don't know if you're going to give up that much, but we'll see. It depends if there's picks involved, too. But. Uh, moving to a team who not as much mentioned in the James Harden sweepstakes, if any at all, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think they take that leap this year. If Kristaps Porzingis is fully healthy, which it seems like he can never be, but if he is, they are definitely, in my opinion, they can come. To, they can get to the Western Conference Finals. Luka is the real deal. I've been saying this, and I, I've said this before on the podcast, we didn't have a podcast at the time when he was drafted, but I, I, I think I told you, Jake, and I know I've told others that before the draft, I was like, I don't know how the Suns don't take him number one overall. DeAndre Ayton has been great, but Luca was something even better, and he fell to what number three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've said this; he was a star from the moment that you know he was he entered his name in the NBA draft. Um, since he got on the Mavericks, they pulled something off great. They brought in Josh Richardson, who I think is really nice defensive guard, bigger guard that can help Luca out defensively. And mm. yeah, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., really nice. Maxi Kleba, uh, they have Trey Burke. 
They'll be a really, really good team. Uh, another team, I, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but I'm, I'm a bit... Uh, uh, it'll be exciting to watch them, and, and Luca is going to put on a show this season. I'll just say that, and I'll get more into that later in the episode. Yeah, we had a uh, a poll if Luca was going to be a top three candidate. I think it was a an overwhelming amount of people said that he would be. So I, I feel the same way. I feel like he's going to have uh, an amazing season, <clears throat> and so much so that we have him at fourth in the West, uh, making a big push in that Western Conference that's you know as competitive as it gets. Um, especially as we get farther and farther into the rankings. So with Luca, um, he's going to do great things, uh, and he's off to a great start. I mean, we talk about just the greatest players of all time. He's on track to like, you know, to be in that that group of guys. As crazy as that sounds, um, if he keeps it up, um, adding Josh Richardson, I think that that was their biggest pickup. Um, that'll add. Uh, you know, some, some defensive strength to their lineup. Uh, I think you lost, <clears throat> you lost Seth Curry, but at the same time you bring in Josh Richardson, which may help you out more just because you, you needed uh, someone like that. Um, you still have Tim Hardaway Jr., Boban. Uh, and again, it's, it's all about <clears throat> putting the right supporting cast around Luca. Um, but again, you kind of need to, to spend money to do that. Um, I don't think the Mavs have done that just yet. Um, but I think they, they still have a competitive group around him. And, uh, and I think that it'll definitely be a, a team to, to look out for. I think that a lot of people are, are definitely sleeping on them uh, and need to wake up. Yes. Number seven on the rankings is the Boston Celtics. And this is a team I, I can't figure them out because, and, and I have a feeling and I hope that the Heat don't fall into this trap as well. They have so many young talent, young talent, and it just seems like every year this is the year, this is the year, this is the year, and they're more successful than the 76ers, and that's what I was talking about before um, in terms of actually at least they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But sooner or later, it's like do something, at least get to the finals, do something, and it just seems like every year they fall short. Uh, this year they did bring in Tristan Thompson. They brought in Jeff Teague, two nice role players to bring in. I don't know. It just – they're number seven. They're gonna. We have them at fourth in the East. They could be higher. As a fan, they'll probably be higher. Who knows? Um, I don't know. It's just like to me, it's every year. They they did also draft Aaron Naismith, who's a, a nice piece. Peyton Pritchard's also they brought in. Uh, they still have Taco Fall. I, I don't think that makes a difference. I'm just mentioning Taco Fall. Um, but yeah, th- this is a team. It's like finally do something, or you know, Danny Ainge. I think maybe held on to his pieces a little too long. In uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, stuff like that, and, and now you know it's kind of like maybe you should have traded for Anthony Davis. Maybe you should have traded for this guy, that guy, Kawhi. Uh, obviously, the Kyrie experiment didn't work out. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, the Celtics are going to be a good team. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. They're going to be a championship contender. Just can they finally get over the hump? Yeah, they added Tristan Thompson. Uh, they also added Jeff Teague. Uh, and, but they lost Gordon Hayward. So that's, that was something that, uh, that definitely hurt for them. Um, him not willing to opt into that deal and to choose to go elsewhere. I mean, to be honest, I might go elsewhere when you sign for um, – you know, 120 mil over four seasons. Um, but again, I, I think that the Celtics team, I think they'll be higher. I think they'll, 
I had them, I think, as the two seed, I want to say. Yeah, I had them as the two seed in, in the East. We have them as the four seed in the East. So I, I think that they'll make some regular season noise. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they're, they're riding the, the Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, tra- Tatum train, excuse me. Um, and I think that that's, uh, again, at a certain point, you have to do something with that. Um, and you had LeBron um, when he was in Cleveland, couldn't get past him. Now, maybe the Heat are, as we've seen in, in this past NBA bubble, maybe they're the the uh, um, the enemy for the Celtics and, and the team that they're trying to get over um, the hump again. I, I just don't know really how they, they stack up. I mean, it, it could go from either, you know, they could be as high as like, I don't know, four to seven. I mean, it's there's really um, some fluctuation in terms of where they can end up, but uh, yeah, in, in the overall rankings, yeah, yeah, I, I think that Kemba Walker um, is having some injury uh, type of um, difficulties, and I, I don't know if like he'll um, hopefully he'll be able to bounce back because there's you know some times last season where uh, you know he wasn't at his best, and it, there's there's a lot. A lot of, uh, I don't know, developing the young on their bench. Uh, I, I'm not really a big fan of their depth, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know where the Celtics really uh, add up in this equation. But, you know, that's kind of just my general thoughts. Coming in at number six, the Denver Nuggets uh, came back from 2-3-1 series in the bubble. Got it made to the Western Conference Finals. I really like this team. I think Michael Porter Jr. is the X factor here. If he becomes the star and People forget he was drafted mid-first round, but he was supposed to be the number one overall pick back a few years ago if, if he didn't have his back injury and injury in college at uh, Missouri. Um, so if he can, and I think he will be, become a star, um, they can really make noise. We have him at third in the West. I think they could even be as high as number one in the West with how the season will go. Who knows how the Lakers play and how the, everyone plays with all the, you know, not load managing guys, but just kind of taking it easy. I think, you know, they're a young team that just wants to get on with it and do really, really well. They have Jokic, they have Murray, uh, Bull Bull, I think is another key piece that like he might show his real talents this season and he'll crack the rotation. They have Paul Millsap, Will Barton. Obviously Jeremy Grant was a big loss. They drafted RJ Hampton. They have Gary Harris. I could name the whole entire roster for you, but that does no good. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll be a contender in the West. I really, really do think so. I think they're going to give every single team a run for their money. And I think they can make it back to the Western conference finals easily. Yeah. You kind of took what I was going to say, because I was going to go straight to Michael Porter jr. Just because of the losses they, they, uh, and hits that they took in that front court. I think that might be a blessing in disguise just because now you have, MPJ, which, yeah, he's with Jokic. Yeah, he's with Millsap. But you take away two guys out of, the, out of that equation, now it's sort of, okay, is this guy able to, you know, now flourish even more just because you're, you're taking two guys um, away from that team um, that had a bunch of production uh, for them? And, yeah, I think that's the deciding factor for the Nuggets um, to propel them over these other teams is if Michael Porter Jr. can – um, can really come out and, and showcase what he was able to do in the bubble and then some. And I think he, he, he has the ability to do that. Um, yeah, and that's why I would, I would argue to maybe put him a tiny bit higher. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they took big free agent losses. So 
they could jump the team that I'm going to talk about next, Miami Heat, um, coming in at number five. I think they're kind of in the same boat in a sense. I think the only reason the Nuggets are maybe a tier below them is because they are in the West. Um, listen, people are doubting the Heat again. A lot of people don't. I, I was listening. Oh, I was listening to the No Chill Gill podcast with Gilbert Arenas, and he basically he laughed at the fact that the Heat are even considered a team in the East. He thinks that they are just going to go like they're not even relevant in the East. I found that Whoa. hilarious. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was a uh, yeah. I I don't know. Um, I, we should take his is, yeah. We <laughs> should take his NBA card away, his knowledge card, whatever. I'm telling you, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is hungry. Uh, this team is hungry because people are doubting them again. Uh, Bam Adebayo is going to take the next step. Goran Dragic is back. Uh, X Factor, and, and this is me really knowing, obviously, where Heat fans knowing the Heat. Watch for KZL Palka this season. Uh, you might not know who he is. We'll search him up because he might be that guy this year. He was a second-round pick. Um, watch for him. He was second-round pick in the 2019 draft. Um, the Heat said they would have taken him if Tyler Hero wasn't there with the first with the first-round pick at 13. So watch for him. Uh, Tyler Hero taking big step, uh, Kendrick Nunn, they have Precious also. Again, I'm, I'm naming all these young guys. All these young guys could be gone by next week because if they land James Harden, none of these guys will be here. So, uh, But for sure, you know that J- Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Warren Jones will be there. I don't think any of those guys are getting moved. Um, so they have Andre Kodawa, uh, Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard. Avery Bradley was a really, really nice uh defensive they needed a defensive guard so that was really nice for them to bring in and then mo harkless kind of he he's not listen the big loss was jay crowder for them it's a huge loss mo harkless will try to take that place um and also take Derek jones jr place so um i think the miami heat like you just said i think everyone's uh doubting them again for what i have no idea um i think they provided one of the more inspiring performances we've seen um from a team in which we saw a lot of players that just had chips on their shoulders and have been doubted all their lives. So um, Jimmy Butler is very outspoken about um, the expectations for this team and um, pretty much just everyone doubting them. I think he, you know, he takes it and, and runs with it. And, and that's all you need to really um, propel a team in the Eastern conference is just motivation and confidence as, as underdogs. So um I hope they're not underdogs this year. Um, we're not putting them as underdogs. I think they'll be a top dog, but other, other people think differently. Uh, as far as like roster changes, uh, again, you mentioned Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless. Mo, Mo Harkless does uh, fulfill uh, not as much as Jay Crowder does, obviously. Um, Jay Crowder was an intricate part of uh, whatever you want to say from a defensive standpoint, whether that be like the Giannis wall um, and whatever that may be, but, you know, Mo Harkless is more of, uh, not as built and <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see when we go up against Milwaukee. Um, I, I think it'll definitely be, uh, still effective that wall, but losing Jay Crowder is obviously nothing that you want to uh, deal with. And unfortunately had to let him walk, um, bring in Mo Harkless, which, um, we used, uh, I believe the mid-level exception on, um, I think. And then, um, yeah, I just feel like overall he got a little bit better um, in, in the sense that I think Avery Bradley, like I take him over 
any of those guys. He was, remember, he was like starting for the Lakers and he was putting up really good minutes, good shooter from the outside, um, underrated in the aspect. So, um, yeah, you know, the Heat, uh, yeah, he needed to make those changes. And I think that they, they did a decent job uh, given what they were, uh, uh, what they had on the table. <clears throat> yeah. Coming in at number four, the Milwaukee Bucks. I guess you could say they got better. Um, time will only tell. And when I say time, the playoffs, how they do in the playoffs, they brought in Drew Holiday. Um, they botched the whole Bo- uh, Bo- Bojan Bojanovic uh, deal, whoever leaked that early. Um, they messed that up, and he's now in Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, Giannis, Milwaukee took a huge sigh of relief, and we didn't even mention the Heat. The Heat, I think the biggest loss of the offseason for them is now knowing that they won't be able to get Giannis. Uh, Giannis signing that huge, and it's funny, just a week ago when I was on with Eric uh, Woodyard, go listen to that episode if you had an ESPN writer uh, we were talking about. I didn't think Giannis, we, there was like 10 days left to sign, and I didn't think he was going to sign because there was no talk of him signing the max, super max deal, and he did. Um, so, yeah, Milwaukee has that off their plate, mind clear, and now it's just about uh, performing come playoff time. So there'll be a really, really good regular season team. We have them at second in the East. So, um, yeah, that, that's really all to say about Milwaukee. I mean, we could talk about Giannis and the whole Giannis thing, but Milwaukee as a whole, um, that's basically it, I think, uh, also as well as Chris Middleton. Again, he needs to step up and, and uh, perform big time and be that number two role, him and Drew Holiday. Yeah, well, Drew Holiday is definitely the uh, well. Besides, obviously, uh, Giannis um, signing that that max extension, uh, I think Drew Holiday is definitely a guy that needs to be bring, uh, brought up because he he fulfills a lot of what Milwaukee was missing. Uh, a guy that um, is a lot more reliable than these guards that you've had, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you lost him to the Pelicans. Uh, George Hill ended up being on the Thunder um, when the Thunder were brought in as as a, a third team in that trade. Um, but again, I, I think that Drew Holiday is what you were missing. You <clears throat> filled out void, even though I think you lost a bit of your depth. I think fortunate for them, they were able to keep um, DiVincenzo, who I think um, has a lot to prove as a, as a young player and and I think he's he's definitely up there in terms of like the young defenders in, in the NBA. Um, so I think that he'll um, definitely um, be a part of a winning culture, but that needs to translate in the playoffs. We haven't seen that with the Bucks, um, which is why, arguably, you have the Nets and the Bucks, which um, <clears throat> which it, which has been like the center of some debate. Um, but again, you know, four is not a bad ranking for the Bucks just because we haven't seen what they can do in the playoffs. And uh, I had them a, a bit higher, but uh, I'm okay with, with them at four. Yeah. Coming in at number three, the Los Angeles Clippers. And I'll start off by saying the Clippers can thank the Houston Rockets. They can thank Giannis and the Bucks for taking all the storylines away from them because every spotlight should be on the Clippers. I know it's kind of came back within the past day with the whole Kawhi and they're getting sued and, tampering I, I don't know what's going on with that we'll talk it's about it's like that with Jerry West yeah. yeah with Jerry West and all of that I don't know what's going on um they took kind of a hit to me uh, losing Montrezl Harrell um they did bring in Serge Ibaka 
they have a lot to prove. They they paid uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard can leave after this off season, after this season with a player option. I don't know if he will. Um, Lou will, Patrick Beverly. They brought in also Nicholas Batum. Um, they have Zubac. Listen, I'll, I'll keep it short and say this: they they have a lot a lot of pressure on them. Um, they better perform and, and not and, and get it together. They have a new coach in Ty Lue. I don't know how well Ty Lue, you know, and this was the same thing with Eric Spolstra, um, kind of with LeBron. He was with LeBron. I don't know how well of a coach Ty Lue actually is. A lot of people are high on him. I am still waiting for him to prove something. And I think this will prove something, you know, to get a culture or something there and get guys to buy in. Because right now, I don't know how well they're bought in after the collapse of uh, the 3-1 last season. Yeah, I think the biggest thing... Uh, on a positive note for the Clippers is that you were able to bring back uh, <clears throat> and extend uh, Paul George. Um, and I think that's definitely a plus for them considering you had to give up so many picks um, and so much of a, your youth, um, especially with SGA who looks um, promising for the Thunder. Um, it's good for the Clippers that he was able to extend. Uh, now he needs to uh, definitely be that, that number two option like we all know Paul George can be. Um, he's shown it before, even as a one option in Indiana. But he's more established now. He's older, um, and he's been through uh, a lot of experience in the league. And uh, he definitely needs to step up when, when, um, you know, when they need it the most. Uh, I think Kawhi, there was, especially in like that game seven, he just wasn't himself. Um, I think if anyone could be credited for the Clippers run, it was Kawhi. Um, but the rest of the team just wasn't in it. Uh, if you look at the NBA bubble um, this past season, I, I think going in next season, uh, they needed to, to really just get it together. Uh, Sergi Baca, in my opinion, I think he, he's an upgrade over uh, the loss of Trez. He can shoot it from outside. Um, he can defend the high level. Uh, I really like Sergi Baca. Um, and what he can bring to that team, um, getting the uh, uh, the duo of Kawhi and, and Serge back will be uh, critical for that team, and, and they were able to do it. So uh, going in next season, again, you have even probably higher expectations just because of what how they exited um, last season, but uh, we'll see where they end up. Number two, as we get down to the final two, and I – by now, you could probably do presses of elimination. We have at the number one seed in the East, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, another team, they have stuff to prove. Kyrie, he's talking to the media, I guess, now. Uh, who knows? Again, maybe another he listened team to, that, uh, Maybe he listened to your guys' podcast. Who knows? Yeah, maybe listen to uh, Eric Woodyard uh, and the thoughts that we posted what he said. I know that got uh, you guys has a lot to, to say on that in the comments. Um, another team, they could look totally different come a couple days from now. Uh, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie could be on their way to Houston. James Harden could be coming. It seems, I don't know, it seems less and less likely, but maybe because it's so quiet, maybe they're actually getting something done. They paid Joe Harris a lot of money. They have KD, they have Kyrie both coming off injuries. They look good coming off injuries in the preseason so far. Um, they're the team to beat. No disrespect to the Heat. No disrespect to the Bucks. They are the team to beat when you have KD, who at times could be the best player in the league. 
You have Kyrie, who is one of the more uh, showtime-type players in the league. Um, they have a nice cast around them. Uh, they are definitely the, uh, they are it in the East. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's really all I have. Uh, Jared Allen also, great piece. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, veteran piece. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I had the Brooklyn Nets at the four um, in terms of the power rankings, but it, it added up when we averaged it out to uh, the number two seed. I'm not mad at the rankings. Uh, the way I did mine was just kind of – I wasn't too high on teams that were um, – I don't know. Yeah, I know you said this earlier with, like, new nucleuses. I don't understand that, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to I want to see teams, especially coming off of injury, what you're made of. I mean, again, I, I know the type of caliber of players that Katie and Kyrie are, but real quick and, and not to cut you off, when you have Kevin Durant on your team, I don't. Seventy five percent of Kevin Durant is better than ninety percent of the players in the NBA. That's I that's mean, just the fact that you have a guy who's seven foot that can handle the ball, shoot it from 50 feet, from literally, you know, from half court he can shoot. I mean, I don't know what else you want. I mean, you know, I know you're the whole thing. I I don't know. Uh, I I don't really understand the logic there, but keep going. I mean, I I think that to say that the Nets are the team to be in the East, I'd say I disagree. I think that the Bucks, Heat, the Celtics, teams like that – those teams need to be mentioned as well. I don't think the Nets are head head and heels over those teams. And I think that, again, that's my thing is that I don't know if like, again, those guys are great players, but we haven't seen them play or we have in preseason, but again, I mean, taking that with a grain of salt because it's been two games or how many ever games are playing. Um, But again, I I just, that's just kind of like my logic and how I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't think that two is like a stretch, obviously, um, when you're getting back those types of caliber of players, plus their their bench depth. I think that having Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, um, guys like that um, helps you even more. But I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see uh, where they end up. I think that the Nets, uh, you know, the Nets, I think, are – are really getting a lot of hype and we need to see if that's uh, that comes to fortune. Number one. And finally we're here. Uh, and we still have more to go to this podcast. If you're still listening, we appreciate you. Um, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, there's no question. There's a, there's a finals team that could get significantly better. It was them literally. I mean, they brought in Montres Harrell, they brought in Marcus Saul, um, Wes Matthews, which people are like, oh my God, Wes Matthews. I thought Avery Bradley would have, you know, he's an older version of Avery Bradley. It didn't really make that, that kind of was a head scratcher to me. They brought in Dennis Schroeder. They brought in two guys who were competing for six man of the year and him and Trez. Um, this team got significantly better. It seems like they are the favorites. There's no doubt. They are the team to beat. They have AD, they have LeBron who seems supposedly we need to give him more respect. Um, I don't know how. Uh, but according to LeBron, and we had a whole conversation about this, he needs more respect. I guess I'm giving him respect right now by saying he's, he's the favorite. So there you go, LeBron. I'm giving you your respect. Um, and then they have Taylor Horton Tucker, who supposedly is the next coming of Michael Jordan. Um, so there's that. And I don't mean to be sarcastic there at all. 
Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, they're, they're it. I mean, I, I would I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they repeat. Yeah, I mean, when you have two top five players and then you add, you know, you you wouldn't think they could get even better, but they end up getting even better with bringing on the sixth man of the year and the runner-up, you know, Montrose Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and then you have Marcus Gasol, you have uh, Wesley Matthews. It, it really, it's hard to beat that. Um, and I think <clears throat> with all the dynamics the Lakers bring to the table, now you have Taylor Horton Tucker getting all this attention. And granted, I mean, he's a very talented player. Um, I think he hasn't gotten to showcase um, just what he can do um, and to be able to take loads off. I mean, again, the the superstar duo that LeBron and ADR, if you're able to get guys that take pressure off of those guys, um, whether it be Dennis Schroeder, um, even this guy, Taylor Horton Tucker, whoever it may be, that's a plus, and it to me, it's you know, it, it kind of separates them from the rest. And you know, I, th- I think they're they're favorites. I, I don't really like going into the season knowing that the Lakers could you know could could very likely go back to back, but you know, it's just the reality of the situation. And uh, you know, they're they've improved a lot. Yes, they have, and that wraps up the power rankings. Um... We do now want to go and do coach of the year, rookie of the year, six man, defensive, and MVP. Uh, I'll start off coach of the year. I'm going to keep it brief. Eric Spolstra. Um, it, listen, Eric Spolstra, I think, has deserved coach of the year about 10 times over. Pat Riley said this in his end of year press conference last year. He should be winning coach of the year a lot. He's, I know a poll came out today, or it would be yesterday when this podcast comes out. Um, that he's the, you know, NBA James voted him the best coach in the league, best in managing games, all, all this stuff. He was number one. Uh, so I think he wins coach of the year. And just not only this year, but past years, I think it's just a com- whole thing together. Um, so I'll keep it brief there and uh, say Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I could go ahead and agree with you. I'm going to go with someone else, though. I'm going with Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns because I felt like he should have had it last year. Uh, and I, I thought that he was like a dark horse for that um, award. But I think this year with CP3, uh, you know, not a lot of whole media coverage last year with the, with the Suns, but with CP3 now getting those additions, you're going to be a playoff team. Um, and I think that Monty Williams is just a great coach. You've seen him in New Orleans. You've seen him in Phoenix, wherever he's gone. You know, he's made an impact. And I think that, you know, this season might be that, that season for him to, to claim that award. Yeah. Um, moving on, and I, I like the Monty Williams pick. He was my second pick. I think he's a really, really popular pick um, right now for Coach of the Year. Moving on to Sixth Man of the Year, uh, I'm going to take Danilo Gallinari only because he's going to be coming off the bench. I have a feeling he's going to get starter type minutes, though. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes um, on the Hawks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 20 uh, and, and does his thing on the offensive end. So for me, it's going to be uh, Gallo, which he said he wanted to play for a title contender, but goes to the Hawks maybe a couple of years down the line, he'll be uh, playing for a title. Man, there's so many options. Um, hmm. Man, I'm probably I probably will go with Trez again. I think this year. Uh, I don't I don't know if I picked him last year, 
but um, you got to think it's going to be AD, and I think Gasol is going to be at the five for the Lakers. Um, and again, we'll see what they what they end up coming out with. But Trez is always such a big impact off the bench. Um, you saw it last year with the Clippers. Um, now he's going to be playing for an even better team this year. Um, and I just think that um, you know he'll he'll do what he what he did last year and, and be, you know, when you play with LeBron James, it's, it's a different um, impact than playing with Kawhi. No disrespect to Kawhi, but, you know, LeBron James just impacts his teammates on so many different levels. So not saying that Kawhi doesn't, but, you know. Yeah. Um, moving on, most improved, I forgot. Do you have a pick for most improved? I have one, yep. Okay. Uh, uh, most I'll go improved. ahead first. Go, 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 go first, go first. All right, I'm going with uh, one of my favorite players in the league, and he's on the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero. I think that, um, you know, I think he's he's due for a great sophomore campaign. You saw him um, really just, I, I mean, I was watching, you know, tape on him with the Pelicans and just his ability. I think he's got even better with not only shot creation, but also um, – you know, surprisingly, you've seen him like take it to the cup a lot more. Like he's he's gotten you know very willing um, driver, and uh, he's just somebody. Uh, he's just really underrated in a bunch of different aspects in his game. I think he takes even more um, strides this year, and that's my pick, most improved. Very good, my pick, and I talked about him earlier when we were doing the rankings. Michael Porter Jr. I think he takes a massive step this year. Um, and, and he might even become the star on the Nuggets. I, I would go that far, uh, that go-to guy. Um, he's going to have, a, I think, a massive year. Other guys, uh, you have his teammate, Jamal Murray, could take a leap. Uh, Shea, uh, Shea could uh, win most improved. DeAndre Ayton, um, you said Tyler Hero. I like that pick as well. Um, so there's that. So you have uh, Tyler Hero. I have Michael Porter Jr., going to defensive player of the year now i have kind of okay so it's going to be two picks even though it's one so i have anthony davis but the thing is is i'm hesitant to pick him and i would pick rudy gobert because i don't know with anthony davis i know the whole thing with the lakers who knows how much they're at, he's actually going to play uh this season so if it was a normal season i think he would win it Rudy Gobert, you know, the whole thing, he's having contract negotiations right now, and he wants a Supermax. I don't know if you get Defensive Player of the Year, you're eligible for the Supermax. I think he still is, even now, because he won Defensive Player of the Year before, but I think he just proves it. And it's like, hey, look what I did. I went out and won Defensive Player of the Year, so I think he's hungry for that. So for that, it's going to be, if Anthony Davis actually plays and qualifies and actually plays enough games and stuff, even I, he'll play enough games, but you know what I mean. If he's actually out there impacting uh, night in and night out, it'll be him. Otherwise, it'll be Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I think uh, I'll take you up on that AD pick. I think that uh, Anthony Davis is uh, – I mean, defensive player of the year is, is such a, like – I mean, there's so many great defenders in the league. So that's that's kind of like um, – you could really pick, like, a lot of different guys. But I'll, I'll go with Anthony Davis because I feel like he'll have such a big impact on this Lakers team this year. Um, I think you saw, like, LeBron James go to him. Um, and obviously like we're talking about defense, but, um, I think he'll have even bigger, uh, of a role on both sides, but I think he'll play even bigger, um, a bigger part on the defensive end. Uh, and again, I, I feel like a lot of this has to do with, um, 
you know, what team you're on, national media coverage, stuff like that. It's, it's kind of a lot of these awards are driven by that factor. So I feel like Anthony Davis will be uh, their front runner, runner and win that. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Um, again, I'm going to go with one pick, but I have a dark horse here. So I'm going to go with Lamelo. I think he's going to have a sensational year. Uh, like you just said, it goes to media coverage as well. And the media, I think, loves Lamelo. Um, so I think that's why he's going to get it. But my dark horse is Danny of, of the, uh, uh, the Wizards. I, I'm telling you, this kid, I, I, I'm high on him uh, the more I watch him play. And just what he does, I think he's going to be that Wizards team is actually going to be relevant in terms of just making playoffs and stuff. Uh, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, so I'm going to go Lamelo, but don't be surprised for uh, uh, of D of the Wizards. Okay, I have Lamelo as well. Um, I won't go with any dark horse pick, but Lamelo is my my answer. I think um, again, he has the potential to. Um, be such a, a great impact. Like I said, I think he's going to be sort of the same impact, even maybe greater than John Morant was for the Grizzlies last season in his rookie campaign. So um, I think that LaMelo offers so much to the game. Um, he has that pop value. Uh, and I think that <clears throat> he'll definitely win that award. Um, but yeah, again, that, that third pick holds a lot of value. You've seen it with Luca. Uh, and you're going to see it with LaMelo, I think, this year and what he's able to do. And the biggest award of them all, the MVP, you just mentioned them. I'm going to go Luka Doncic. That's who I think is going to win it. The guy who's going to have a – I mean, he he keeps getting better every single year, and he's only, I think, 22 years old, 23 years old. Um, I have a feeling, and, and this, again, this goes into media bias, I have a feeling LeBron will win it no matter what happens mm-hmm. just because – he wants his damn respect and, and the media loves giving him loves, you know, it goes by what he says. And since he didn't win it last year, teams like all the media members who didn't vote for him have some guilt with them. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it, even though I just mentioned with AD, he's in the same boat. Will he play enough and make enough impact? Uh, like in terms of just night in and night out uh, doing that? I don't know. I know Giannis is a popular pick. I don't think he wins it three years in a row. I just, I don't know if that happens. Um, but I'm going to go Luca. So give Luca some damn respect. How about that? Yeah. Um, this is a really tough one. I've kind of went back and forth on it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to side with you there and go Luca. I think he has a, a very, uh, great season. Uh, we have him as the fourth in the, in the West. I think they, they make a lot of noise this season just because of Luca. Um, And, you know, his, you know, after his, um, you know, his third season going on now, he's made, you know, so much um, attention and, and, you know, traction drawn to him as a, as a basketball player. Um, You know, he's essentially like a young Harden, you know, just in his shot creation, his, his ability to, um, to, you know, not only like shot create, but also um, get to the rim uh, be clutch at such a young age. He's so mature for his age, and that has a lot to do with what he was able to do in Europe um, before coming over to the States. But uh, again, I, I have to side with him. I will say this, another guy I've thought of that we're not bringing up, I'm going to say this is sort of a dark horse pick, although maybe it could go more into a, 
a realistic pick. I think Damian Lillard has a great season. I think that with the Blazers, that's um, a dark. That, I'll let you finish your point, um, but real quick, that's a dark horse pick. But that's a great, great uh, name to throw out there. He is, he's another man, and I keep. I, um, there's a couple players out there that he's on a mission this season, that, and I think he's a player who actually needs his respect. When you talk about respect, and I, I love that um, pick from you, uh, or as a dark horse pick, not as your actual pick. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I think that he has a great season. Um, I think I, I believe we've kind of like um, upped up just like the uh, the expectations for that team. I feel like they're um, just with the addition that that they made. I think that they have a lot more expectations, and I think Damian Lillard will come out and. Uh, I guess, you know, do what he does and shoot from long distance and um, be the impact, impactful player that he is for that team. Uh, I think he has a, a lot to prove to the, to the national media because he doesn't get enough attention that I think he does. But uh, that would be my dark horse pick. Um, and, yeah, I think that wraps up the awards, right? Yeah, that wraps up awards. And last but not least, we have finals picks and who wins it all. Um, I'll go first here because I think I, we maybe we have the same thing. I don't even know, but I'll, mine's kind of the more boring. What you're hearing from everyone, I'm gonna go Brooklyn and, and LA, or when I say LA, the Lakers, and and I think the Lakers repeat again. Though you know, everyone was so hyped on the Clippers last year, their depth, everything, and look how it turned out. So I'm gonna tell you with that, but I, I think that they just go back to back. I think come playoff time, they know how to flip the switch and. Again, it, I feel like a repeat of last year where I was saying this about the Clippers. Oh, yeah, they're going to flip the switch. They're going to flip the switch. But the Lakers, I think, actually know how to do that. LeBron, AD, Montrez, uh, the rest of the crew, Taylor Horton, Tucker even, too, Jared Dudley, and, and the rest of uh, them, they'll do that. I think uh, KD and, and Kyrie um, will give them a good run for their money. Uh, watch out for the Clippers. I think they're hungry. Um, Milwaukee, Heat. There's a whole bunch of teams that I think could win it. Right now, the Lakers are the overwhelming favorites, but I think there are teams who could um, dethrone them. Yeah. Um, man, this is really tough. I, I have the Lakers repeating. The thing is, I'm struggling with what team to put against them. Um, I want to entertain a Lakers-Heat rematch, but I, I don't want to see the Heat, uh, as a fan of them, get back to that point and lose. Um, I'm going to... Let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to uh, – yeah, I'll just go Lakers-Heat. Let's entertain that rematch. Screw it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Heat end up victorious. Who knows? But let's entertain it. Sounds good. Um, I, I guess that will wrap it up. After, I don't even know how long this podcast will be. Uh, we're going to have to edit a lot here because we just talked and rambled on for a long, especially the rankings, um, the beginning of the rankings. But, um, yeah, where can they find us? We have a new social media outlet. Tell them about that, Jake. Uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Um, and where can they find us on social media? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, before I announce our social media, I'd just like to say I think we have a lot of content based on this episode that we can post on there. So that's always a plus um, if we get anything out of this episode. And we hope you guys enjoyed. So, if you guys want to check us out at underscore around the league underscore, 
uh, on our Instagram. Uh, we appreciate any support um, and definitely people that are coming over from this podcast, listening to this and going on there. Um, you know, we appreciate all the support. We've also, um, to just introduce, we also have launched a, a TikTok. Um, so if you guys want to go check us out on there, we're going to be posting NBA content. Uh, you know, I've heard like the market for there for, for NBA stuff is, is great. And we want to test that out and just keep growing with you guys. And, you know, we hope that you guys, um, are along for the journey with us. Yeah, uh, go check that out. We're going to be, uh, we posted, I think, one TikTok you did, Jake, uh, just introducing yourself there. So if you like TikTok and it seems to be a popular thing right now, go check that out. Like Jake said, Instagram, we've uh, done that. If you haven't listened to our episode last week, after you listen to this marathon of an episode, go listen to that with Eric Woodyard. I did that episode with him. A uh, fantastic guest. We appreciate him coming on. We, ha- we have an- a few more guests lined up within the next few weeks. Uh, also, um, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, New, New Year's. We'll have another uh, podcast before then, but the other holidays, I know Hanukkah just wrapped up. Christmas is coming up, so uh, enjoy that. Enjoy regular season basketball. Next time we come to you, we'll have a Christmas Day game done, I believe, and all of that. So I guess I'll do it. Peace out. Peace.